0: Last week when I was uh, preaching in the second service, those of you that were here knew that in the middle of the service, somebody's phone went off. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> so it is on off. If, uh, and if you would, uh, in, in, in respect to others and honor the Lord, just make sure yours is turned to silent or or, or off or throw it against the wall or something. Uh, uh, I promise you it won't be off long and you won't miss much. And, uh, oh, I've got a platform. Um, and we'll be good. Thank you so much for the, the time that we've shared together. Thank you for allowing your children to be a part of Vacation Bible School this week. If you uh, don't have a place of worship that uh, you regularly attend, uh, thank you for in, investing in your child's spiritual pilgrimage uh, by, by letting them be here this week. Now, it may have been you just wanted to buy the house. That's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll take them. Uh, let me also say, too, that the same kind of, of Bible instruction and Bible teaching they received this week is available every Sunday morning uh, here at, at First Baptist Bay, St. Louis. And uh, they'd love to have you be a part of, uh, of, of continuing that sp- spiritual pilgrimage. Uh, on a Sunday-by-Sunday Sunday basis. So uh, thank you so much for, for investing in your child. In the midst of a crazy world and, and all that's going on, uh, the fact that you gave them an opportunity to hear God's Word is so special. And uh, this church appreciates the trust that you placed in them. Uh, very quickly, I know some of you have a roast on or something other, and it's set for just a few minutes. And I'm going to honor your time. I want you to take your Bible, your copy of God's Word, and look with me in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is a very precious story in the ministry of Jesus. I'll begin reading in verse 1, and you follow along with me. And when he, speaking of Jesus, and when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, and being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. And there were some of the scribes sitting there, reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak this way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, in his spirit, aware that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why do you reason these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Arise, take up your pallet, and walk. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I'll say to you, rise, take up your pallet, and go home. And he rose and immediately took took up the pallet and went out in the sight of all, so that they were amazed and glorifying God, saying it in good South Mississippi vernacular. We ain't never seen nothing like that. (laughs) Pray with me. Heavenly Father, may these words spoken to our ears upon the printed page may they speak to our hearts may we hear the prompting of the holy spirit and god may you be pleased with our response in jesus name amen every time we gather uh, there are four kinds of people in the church a matter of fact anytime you you uh, come together as the people of god anytime you're in a sunday school class or a worship service now, yeah, you probably could say anytime you're in any kind of crowd, there are four kinds of people there. Now, we're not talking about the, 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 the idiots and, the, and the, those folks. But there are four kinds of people, and they're in the Scripture. And very quickly, let me, let me walk you through that. In every crowd, and here today, here in this building, in this place, in this sanctuary, there are some folks who are helpless. In verse 3, Jesus says, And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. This man was sick. He had a problem. It wasn't a, 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 an, an ailment as much as it was a physical condition. And that condition left him unable to, to go about and do life like you and I are accustomed to. Uh, he was separated. That condition kept him from, from being a part of normal everyday life. He couldn't just get up and, and crawl out of bed in the morning, or maybe he did crawl out of bed, but, but he couldn't roll out. Well, maybe he did roll out of bed. He couldn't get up, throw his feet over the side of the bed, and get up and walk like you and I are accustomed to. And that separated him, unless, as we see from the text, uh, unless he had some assistance, it was very difficult for him to go about everyday life, and that caused some separation. Perhaps if people didn't come by his house and visit with him, he didn't have a lot of neighborly interaction. Perhaps if folks didn't go to the store for him, he couldn't go to the market and uh, and interact with folks there. That condition left him uh, separated socially, geographically, and there was, according to our text, there was a geographical separation from Jesus because they had to bring him. He was separated spiritually, and all of us. At one time, either are or were separated from Jesus. There's just a condition that, that the Bible calls sin that separates us from our Heavenly Father, our Creator, who desires to have a relationship with us and who sent His Son to remedy that situation, to pay the price for our sin, so that we might be one with the Father. And that geographical, that, that, excuse me, that, that spiritual separation can be overcome. Obviously, he was stationary, basically immobile. He was a spiritual picture of folks without Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says that that we who are believers at one time were spiritually dead, just like everybody else. If you've not experienced a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've not committed your heart to Christ and, and followed him in baptism as an expression of that inward condition, that inward decision, Visibly demonstrated in baptism. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus, the Bible says you're spiritually dead, and that spiritual death will lead to an eternal condition, and in a, in a place of separation, ultimately called hell. But Jesus came that that doesn't have to take place. That that chasm of separation between you and God can be can be overcome. And Jesus spanned that gulf and brought us the opportunity to be one with the father. This man was helpless. He had a physical condition. Some of you here today may have a sense of of helplessness. It may be in your life, it may be a financial situation that's caused you to be uh, near at wit's end about life, about tomorrow, and you just you just have you're just helpless. You don't know you don't know how the need is going to be met. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's, it's uh, you and, and, and somebody else. You find yourself, at one time you had a great relationship, but somehow, for some reason, there's been a, a, a separation. There's been a rift in that relationship. And that maybe it's caused you to feel helpless, whether it's between you and a spouse, or you and a, and a, and a relative, or maybe you and a, and a child. And because of that, there's just this sense of of helplessness. all of us feel that at one time or another. Without Christ in our life, we're not just in a tight spot. The Bible says we are lost and helpless. There's another group of people that are here in every in every church in every every service that that occurs. We'll call them the helpers. The scripture says that there were at least four men that were helping this paralytic. They had each taken a corner and they, they gathered together and they came to, uh, out of the compassion of their heart to, to bring this man to Jesus because they had heard wonderful things about this teacher, this healer. He had healed diseases, he had cast out demons. And maybe they were thinking that that this, this individual could do something to help their friend. Now, the scriptures don't tell us much about the paralytic. He was paralyzed. We don't know if it was a condition he had been born with. We don't know if it's a situation that happened sometime later in his life. Maybe these five guys... Five guys sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, anyway, that's after a while. Maybe these five guys... Played together. Maybe they grew up together. Maybe they lived on the same street. And one day, this guy who was now paralyzed, their friend, maybe as they played in the ravines nearby the town, maybe he slipped and fell and was injured. And because of that, they have seen him who, who once teemed with life now reduced to a stationary lifestyle. We don't know. We do know this, that they cared about their, their friend. In their compassion, in their concern, in their hope that that he have life and and function either given to him for the first time or restored, they brought him to Jesus. They helped him come to the place where help could be found. They were convinced whether or not they knew Jesus ultimately was the the Messiah, they knew, based on what they had heard, that there was a good chance this guy could do something to help their friend. Well, some of you are helpers. (laughs) Some of you helped a lot this week. Maybe some of this bunch right over here were were helpers in Bible school, and you got your taste of of, uh, glory divine. (laughs) And you help. Maybe it's in your nature to be a helper. You just can't see somebody with a need, and you not try to do something about it. Uh, That's why I, I... I'm glad somebody else handles benevolence at my office because somebody will walk in and and, and in my helping nature, they'll say, I need a dollar. And I say, we got a hundred. You want it? I'll give them the farm. Well, that's not always good. But there are folks, and and some of you here have a helping spirit. That's just who you are. And you identify with these four men in in the passage. You know what? they were doing when they grabbed that pallet and they, they helped their friend. And God bless helpers. Some of you helped this young lady come to Christ. Maybe you told a Bible story. Maybe you taught her in Sunday school. Maybe, maybe your help was living a godly life in front of her. And you helped. You aided somebody along the way on this path of discipleship. And you will continue to be a helper as you continue to model a godly life, as you continue to, to show what it means to be a maturing believer, a maturing disciple. And they're helpers. There's some other folks here. And they're mentioned in the text here too. We don't want to be those folks. We'll call them hinderers. let's look back at the text, and it says in verse 2, and and many were gathered together at the home so that there was no longer room even near the door. They didn't mean to be. Probably good-hearted people. But man, you've got a chance to be close to Jesus. It might be compared to, uh, well, you got first come, first serve tickets to the concert of your choice, and you got there early. You got there 12 hours early so that you could be first in the door and you could be right down near the stage. And you planned for that. You deserve that spot. Now, don't go punching elbows. And that's what these folks were. They had heard of the, the wonderful teachings of this man. They had heard of His his healing power, and they wanted to be close. You can't blame them. I would want to be close. You would want to be close. I mean, if if Jesus were were here physically today, I would want to be right here. We We can't blame them. And some didn't mean to hinder, but here comes this guy being born along on a pallet, Four men at least, it says they came, and we don't know how many they were, but we know there were at least four, and and they came, and they came to the door, or approached the door, and they saw they couldn't get in, probably looked for a window through which they could pass him, every place that that offered an opportunity for sound to travel out of was, was taken up. Folks hindered the ability of these men to get that man to that place. So they climbed up on the roof and through that mud and, and hardened dirt, they, they dug an opening and lowered him down through there. Some of you are hinderers. don't mean to be. But you, you've just got to have that parking spot that's close My meddling. <laughs> you don't really like it because they changed your Sunday school class, and they, they 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 split us up. Because after all, it's all about us. It's not about reaching people. Ew, y'all not going to invite me back. <laughs> and you don't mean to hinder. We like our comfort. We we. Doggone it, we worked hard. We were, we were faithful. We deserve what we've got. And we don't mean to hinder. Matter of fact, I, I really believe that most of us, if we actually knew that, that the words that we say, the attitudes that, that we demonstrate... if we honestly knew that those things were keeping people from Jesus, if, if, we, if we honestly realized that our lifestyle, which is one way on Sunday and another way on Wednesday, was hindering folks in the community and keeping them, well, I, man, if that's what it means to be like Jesus, I'm as good as they are. Why do I need that church? If we honestly knew that things we do hinder, I I really think most folks in the church would be appalled with themselves. But we do hinder. We do hinder. There's one more person that's in every service. We've talked about the helpless, we've talked about the helpers, and we've talked about the hinderers. But in every service, There is the healer. There is the healer of broken hearts. There is the healer of our sin-sick condition. And that person is Jesus. And it may come as a surprise to some of us that we're not him. For us to honestly make the admission and the confession that we're not him. But Jesus is in every service. And he's here today. And I want to tell you that, that those of you who, who experience and feel these, these, this sense of helplessness for whatever reason, whether it's, it's helplessness because of loneliness and you think nobody cares or, or it's helplessness because you think nobody else experiences life like you're dealing with it right now, well, I've got some news for you. Somebody in this room, somebody in this world has dealt with life just like you're dealing with it and they came through it. Because of Jesus. He is the healer. Not just the healer of of physical wounds. Which he can be in any way he chooses to. But he he is the healer of broken hearts. He is the healer of broken lives. He is the healer of life. And he's here. And he knows you. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants your life to be whole. The overwhelming testimony of Scripture is this, that Jesus came to save sinners of which I am chief. God can do in my life what he did in my life. He can do in your life what you need done. Well, you don't know what I did. Well, it don't matter what you did. God does, and God loves you anyway. God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows if you're playing some sort of of two-faced Christian game right now. God knows if you're just hurting so deep you don't know how to talk about it. God knows about the abuse and He loves you. God knows about your condition and He loves you. And if we'll, if we'll allow ourselves to be lowered through the roof and laid at the feet of Jesus, oh, He'll do for us just what he did for that man. And when you'll get on the other side of it and Jesus has, has worked in your life just like he did that, that paralytic. In the face of folks who were, who were dogging Jesus, saying he wasn't who he said he was and didn't, couldn't do what he said he could do. In the face of unbelievers... Everybody around, when they saw what Jesus could do, just said, wow. Wow. And he walked home that day, changed. The good news I have for you today is that you can experience that wow of the power of God in your life. And you can. This place, not on the the pallet that you came in, but on the feet that God will give you to walk in newness of life. Who are you? Are you one of the helpless ones? Are you one of the helpers? Are you one of the hinderers? God help us that we see the the magnificent power of God so often. And we see it and we look at it through ordinary ordinary eyes and just see Jesus as ordinary. But Jesus is the healer that can bring a wow to life, to your life. If you just believe and trust him.